0: And I remember at one point, one member of the board standing up, throwing his pen down on the table and saying, well, this isn't going to work, is it? Women aren't even interested in sex. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, that obviously says
1: a lot more about his sex life than it does about my idea. Welcome to this brand new light bulb moment episode brought to you in partnership with Dell Technologies, who believe in shining a light on these life-changing moments shared by incredible founders and entrepreneurs taken from my conversations of inspiration. It really is an honour to share their inspiration with you and I hope their story impacts your own thinking as deeply as it has mine. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down Where we're going you won't need to bring your frown I spoke with the most celebrated woman in British business, Jacqueline Gold, founder of Anne Summers, in the midst of the first COVID lockdown. And ever since then, it made me ponder about how we all think that ideas of famous brands we know came neatly packaged, that somehow we had a secret formula. Far from it. Here I want to share with you how it's a messy old game that both Jacqueline and I have travelled.
0: I temporarily went
1: and worked at Anne Summers for work experience and it
0: certainly wasn't somewhere where I wanted to stay working because it had a real male dominated uh, environment. The customers in store, I think they had about uh, four sex shops at that time. I mean, only 10% of women would go into the store, but I was invited mm-hmm. to a Pippa D party. I don't know if anybody listening will remember Pippa D, but it's sort of a, a Tupperware style party. But Pippa was like a closed party. I remember going to this party in my sort of mustard-coloured mini, driving there and and sort of climbing all these stairs to get to this sort of – it was in a high-rise. And um, there was all these women squidged together on tiny sofas. And there I was at one point trying to draw a picture of my husband's meat and two veg on top of my head was one of the party <laughs> games. And I was thinking, this is this is not quite how I imagined my career starting. <laughs> But it, it, it was where I got the idea of doing Ann Summers' parties because the women at this party knew that I was uh, working at Ann Summers and saying, look, why don't you do Ann Summers' parties? We want to be able to buy sexy underwear. We want to be able to spice up our sex lives, but, you know, we're too embarrassed to go into a sex shop. And I thought, wow, this is an amazing idea. So I tried a few parties myself, and I think it was the sort of first-time women suddenly felt empowered because I had no men at the party and there was also this sort of feeling of, hey, you know, I can sort of take a bit of control here in in my sex life. So I then took this idea to my all-male board. I was only 21 years old at the time and, you know, I'd had no previous business training and uh, I sort of walked into this room of grey-suited men, middle-aged men, I should say, and... uh, I just talked through my idea and obviously I was very passionate about it. And I remember at one point, one member of the board standing up, throwing his pen down on the table and saying, well, this isn't going to work, is it? Women aren't even interested in sex. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, that obviously says a lot more about his sex life than it does about my idea. And uh, respectfully, I carried on. And, uh, you know, I think it was just so alien to them because... They'd been so used to this being a a male-dominated world. And here I was coming along with something completely uh, radical. And, you know, I was very fortunate that they agreed to invest £40,000, which was a lot then, but not enough. And I I sort of started using that money to advertise in the London Evening Standard. Uh, And then I'd, I'd sort of get all my responses in once a week. And then I'd drive up to the Strand Palace Hotel, actually. Uh, in London and talk about my idea to the group of people that would turn up. And it's, it's been a, a fascinating story.
1: If you listen to Conversations of Inspiration, you'll know that what I'm about to say is true, that even the founders who've created some of the best known brands in the country didn't start their companies from a place of being where they expected to be or having the highest level of education Or having enough finance to kick things off? This is the common denominator of all 160 of my guests, and Jacqueline is no different. How was she in a heavily male-dominated environment, not being creative and dealing with sex, of all things, but not just sex, but through the lenses of grey-haired men? I mean, what? This was not where Jacqueline thought she'd be as a young woman aged 21. I didn't think I'd be setting up trestle tables in a cold town hall at the age of 24. This was, though, the start of Not in the High Street. But obviously then I had no idea about that. It just felt like I was setting up trestle tables in a cold town hall. Jacqueline then went and had an experience, thanks to being in a certain job at a certain time in her life, that changed the course of her entire life. She went to that type of Tupperware party, and the lightbulb moment hit her. I continued for years to set up those trestle tables, put on the fairs supporting small businesses, and we then saw the rise of this thing called the internet. I knew that meeting all those small businesses, the tech advancements, those tables, combined, was my future it was not on the high street. You see, we all think that the story somehow starts differently for others, that the idea is neatly delivered in a box at the perfect time in our lives to respond to it. No, not at all. This is not how any of my guests have created their brands, not one. It's a messy, unformed meeting of circumstance, opportunity, creative thinking, blue skies, you name it. It's a pea soup that turns clear. A lightbulb moment is a perfect way of describing it. It's a bolt of inspiration when nothing ever looks the same again. There she found herself understanding how the jigsaw pieces fit together. It was easy for her to form the full picture in her head. I saw Not in the High Street and utterly what it could do, not only to the UK's small businesses, but to the founders of the entire world. But the interesting thing about these two ideas, very different industries, they both helped women. They truly saw her. Understanding the idea is one thing. Then there's a manifestation of the idea, a home party, a marketplace, These things were never going to be a walk in the park. And that's a frigging understatement. And they would take everything to pull off. But there was something far greater that these ideas delivered when the brands were born. They spoke to women. I mean, really spoke to women as if the brand was their friend. You would only really talk about your sex life or the lack of it with a best friend. You would only rely on a great friend to understand how much you appreciate thoughtfulness, not only when it came to yourself, but how you could express it to those you love. I think this is the moment I would love you to think about, that the brands that do something quite magical are of course clever, efficient, easy to use and all of that. But the ones you credit with something very personal, a change in perception, courage, a new course in life, a positive behaviour, or being able to be more you than ever before. Well, those are the brands that will last a lifetime. Now, try selling that to a room of grey-haired, white privileged men. Either idea. I mean, it would be easier to sell ice to the Eskimos, and I actually don't find that too hard. I mean, I haven't even tried it. Anyway, I I digress, but Jacqueline needed to sell the fact that women actually like sex. And I had to sell the fact that we were not starting a small crafts business, that it was not niche retail or a business that we would be running from our bedroom offices, which, by the way, was assumed all the time and still once we turned five years old in a company with more than 40 members of staff. But I'll save that little insight and rant for another day. But we did it. We got men to believe in our idea. We sold the ice because we knew, knew to the depths of our being, it would work. Why? Because we were the customer. This is such an important part of our success. Oh, and by the way, Jacqueline is obviously a far more successful woman than I am. But we both knew how our customers lived what she thought, how she operated, what made her fly, what were her hidden thoughts, because we had them all. It makes it so much easier if you are the person who would consume what you create. So next time you stumble on an idea, trip up on some inspiration, have doubts on why you are where you are, remember Jacqueline, remember me. Know that you are there at that precise time for a reason. We were, and thank God for that. A big thank you to Dell Technologies who've brought us this episode today. I hope you enjoyed this lightbulb moment. To listen to the full episode of Jacqueline Gold talking firsthand about her experience of empowering women in the boardroom as well as the bedroom or any of our past founders search Conversations of Inspiration wherever you get your podcasts. And you know what I'm going to say, if this episode has helped you on your journey, I would be utterly, truly grateful if you might rate and review to help us reach even more people.